Oh, have you seen those people moving in down the street? Uh, yes, all of them. Oh, they're moving in so many weird things. So many strange, peculiar things. Many things that had rainbows on them. There's a lot of glitter too. Bringing oh. craft turkeys into the community. Oh, I know. Rainbow and glitter. They had, they had all sorts of cables for computers and things. What sort of people we got moving into our quiet community? Seems like a couple of queer and pleasant strangers. <laughs> Well, I guess we're using that. <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Aris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where the two of us, two queer trans ladies, talk about our weeks and do silly voices and skits. And I don't know if the energy is going to be any different this week because we're recording in the same room. Yeah, I can stare deeply into your eyes, my <laughs> This is very weird. This is the first time that we've recorded one of these like together in a space, and I'm very excited for the energy this is going to bring. Some sexual tension. We're now at the point where you can just make wiggly eyebrows at me, and none of the listeners will know. But I'll be like, "Oh, that was. What do I do to that?" I could start fingering you, and they'd never know. Anyway, we're here with another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers We should probably do the topic thing that we do This is going to be a weird week this week Because we have been very busy this week And we've not had much of a chance to watch or listen or play things So we're going to go through our things pretty quick And then we're going to do some questions And we'll make an episode out of it But it's going to be... It's going to be a slightly different one to normal, I think. Yeah. So, shall we start with what we've played this week? It is traditional. Um, what, have, what have you played? The main thing I've played this week is I got I got to play some co-op Streets of Red with you. You did. We had a, a bit of a Streets of Red sesh. We yeah. got to spank Jim. Uh, we, got to, we got to spank uh, G- Robot Jim Sterling, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, that's... Um, it took me forever to work out how to do one of the moves, and then I did that move over and over again, because I felt like I was... You know, catching up for lost time. Yes, you were playing Link's Scorpion Link. Yes. Uh, so there's there's a few things I really enjoyed about that game. Like you you were totally right. It's a really fun beat 'em up. It's not super lengthy. Like obviously, it's like try and get to the end of this run of run yeah, of things that in about now. Yeah, like the further you get through them, depending on the order you play the levels, you'll have longer sections of level to do for the ones you do later. It was a lot of fun. Um, we got a bad ending. Sorry, co-op partner, that That's got us the bad end. I, it was nice to see the bad ending. I had not found it before. I'd either died before getting to the end, or got there and completed it. So. Yeah. So we 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 got to see a bad end that I feel like they didn't really do a lot to like tell us in advance, oh, you need to do this to not get the bad ending. No, it's... but that's fairly typical of, like, old classic coin-up brawlers. I suppose. It felt, I felt a little cheated, but it's it's an excuse for us to play it again sometime. See? Replayability. Yeah, that's exactly. But yeah, no, I had a lot of fun with that. I, I very much enjoyed the sort of... it. It's a thing that's been done before, the whole, oh, you're in a nerdy place and then the zombies happen, fight them... I quite liked the whole, like, oh, here is your, like, superhero equivalent of who you are now. Mm-hmm. Like, you pick your character and they go from, like, here is a person with a broom, and now they have a sword, and that was really cute. Yes. Generally, it's just, 
it's a really fun little side-scrolling brawler. Yeah, there's lots of fun. Yeah, so I we enjoyed our co-op playthrough, and I think we're going to have to do a couple more play uh, playthroughs co-op yes. soon. What about you? What have you played this week? Uh, I played that. I played a thing I'm not allowed to talk about yet. Yeah. Um, that's. I played the moving house game. That uh, took up most of my weekend and yeah, my week. Honestly, that's most of what we played this week. We, we were playing like the house equivalent of Tetris, where it's like, how many <laughs> things can we fit in the back of a van by putting them in the correct positions? And ow. Are you singing the Tetris theme? <laughs> we we had a fun moment, like, the day that we moved, where it's like, we got all our possessions in the new place. There is no space to get inside. Like, we, we filled up the the living room, and then the hallway, and then the kitchen, and it's like... Well, I guess we just stand in the hallway now. Yeah, we this live... is where we live. <laughs> yeah, there was a moment where it's like, we own too many things, how will we ever fit this in this house? And then we moved them into like various rooms, and it's like, oh, it's not actually that bad. And now we've seriously started unpacking, and this place still looks fucking huge. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for places for all our tat. There are many places for our tat. Yeah. So, honestly, that's all I've really played this week. Yeah, Anything else for Honestly, you? that's really all, all we've had time for. Yeah. Let's do some skits. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another British information film advising you on the dangers of goths in hot weather. As many of you who may have a goth in the household may know, goths are often known to employ the colour black in their clothing selection, which, as we know, can cause some overheating issues during the summer months. Yes, especially during the summer months, they can become particularly hot. Things like leather jackets, denim, and many, many layers of very elegant black lace. Each of these can gather heat close to the body, and drinking cider will not be enough to keep them properly hydrated during the summer months. Indeed. So, I believe we have a couple of hints and tips on how to keep them safe. Indeed. Always make sure that you furnish your goth with a parasol, so that they might keep the sun off of their bodies. Here's a handy tip for those at home. Uh, if you make blackcurrant uh, ice lollies dark enough in colour, they will appear through the naked eye to be black, and then they can be taken outside as a fashion statement, but also be used to cool them down due to the ice in the ice lolly. A small amount of charcoal added to water will not only purify it, but also make it perfect for the goth to drink. They will be able to stay properly hydrated, and also be able to stick with their favourite colour. However, please ensure that your goth is not on any medication, as charcoal can have an effect on prescribed medications. Indeed, and also remember, goths die in hot cars. Always leave the window slightly cracked, or better yet, try to take them with you. Make sure that they wear plenty of sunscreen, for their very pasty skin is not usually used to this sort of, sort of thing. Wonderful. This has been How to Look After Your Goth in the Summer. Until next time, keep your goth safe and comfortable. So, my evil friend, tell me... 
are you ready for the summer, the approaching summer? Oh, I am so ready for the summer. I've been, I've been preparing, I've been preparing my summer body for months. Have you, yes, have yes. you been preparing for your summer body? Yes, I too have been getting my summer body ready for months. I have uh, selected many different possible options to make sure that I can have the best summer body ready to take over the beach. Right, tell me about your summer body plans, because I've got a couple of my own to get to in a moment. Well, I have started by growing it in a lab. <gasps> it will be the perfect summer body made from perfect genes that I have perfectly harvested from the most perfect bodies all across the world. Ah, see, I have a different plan. I've been taking spare parts from, well, let's say, other body-related projects and assembling one as a composite, taking the best bits of this and the best bits of that and just trying to assemble the perfect beach body. Well, I've been using sorcery, a form of necromancy like I've never seen before. I've used it to summon the perfect beach body from the nether realm. <laughs> I've, I've, I've just been going to the gym. What? Yeah, I've been I've been lifting the free weights a bit, doing some cardio. Get out! I'm sorry. I just like exercise. Nobody likes exercise. That's oh. why we're building the perfect body. So, which of us is going to do it? Who's going to say? Who's going to show? Um. Well, I guess I I could I could you know. <laughs> What have you, what have you been listening to this week? Should we do listening? Again, not really had much chance for that, but I did sit down and, and crack out about uh, nearly two hours of Red Dwarf Infinity Welcomes Careful Drivers. Uh, it's the audiobook version of the uh, first Red Dwarf book. Um, I it was one of the first books I ever read as a child uh, of my own volition. Ah, um, and it was the book that sort of got me from. Uh, you are constantly being told you're a fucking idiot because you can't read, um, and so on and so forth. Because um, I, 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 basically because my, I'm dyslexic and my teachers didn't pick up on it. In fact, I grew up in a a, um, a London borough that did not believe in the existence of dyslexia until about 2002, long after I had left school. Oh goodness! So yeah, they were a bit backward in that respect down there. So I didn't really have any support for that. They were just like, "You can't read. You're stupid." Um, so I didn't really have any great love for reading for a very long time. And then I was probably far too young to be watching Red Dwarf, but I sort of got into it. And there was um, a copy of the first book kicking around the house that my mum's uh, drug dealer ex had left behind when uh, she kicked him out. So I started reading that. And um, then now it's, it's nice, quite quite nice to hear Chris Barry doing the, the unabridged audio version. Um, and he does all the voices, which is rather good. Um, I'm about an hour or so in at the moment. It's um, there's some problematic language in there. Uh, I, I think unsurprisingly, anything, anything of that age that you go back to now is going to be just like a little bit iffy. Yeah. Um. I've, I I don't know what I will encounter going forward. Um. So we'll we'll see how how that goes. But it is available in its entirety on YouTube. Ooh, nice. What, what about you? What you listen to? Uh, so I listened to an album this week that I've been intending to listen to for a while. So a couple of times on this show, I've brought up an artist called Levi the Poet, mm-hmm. who 
I very much enjoy their stuff. It's very spoken word, um, emotive, sort of poetry sing-song stuff. And I'm pretty sure the tracks I've brought up before have been from an album called Correspondence A Fiction. And I finally listened to that album sort of in start to finish and listened to it like in order and all the tracks. And mm. it's just a really strong, sweet album. It's very... It's very sombre, very melancholy. Uh, we've had Smudge come to join us during the recording. She's come for cuddles. But yeah, it's... The tracks I've re- recommended so far on this podcast, I think, are the strongest tracks on the album. Oh. I, I've not necessarily found the rest of the album quite as overall strong, but I'm very glad I listened it through. So if you're in the mood of, for, like, an album-length narrative of, like, spoken word songs of a couple of different styles. It's a very good album for that. I I highly recommend it. I think that they're a very talented musical person. Nice. So what about you? Have you listened to anything else? Um, I will try and remember. You, you, you do your next one. I'll do my next one. So uh, I've got a song recommendation. It's called You're Killing Me, Y-E-R, Killing Me, by Remo Drive. Uh, this is a theme that a couple of songs I listened to this week had. I'll recommend another one later. It's quite a bouncy rock song with like an upbeat energy, but an almost desperate or screamy rock vocal. Um, it's it's very at odds with itself. It mm. It's two things that feel like they shouldn't mesh that work quite nicely together. It's... It's a song about the kind of people that, like... I think most of us have had in our life at one point or another who are just kind of suffocating energies to be around. They sort of just suck a bit of the life out of you being around those kind of people. And about like about what that does to you as a person, being around that kind of negative energy. Mm. And, you know, the, it can drive negative things in you being around those kind of people and trying to fight through that. It's quite a nice little song. I very much enjoyed that one. Just good have you got something you've listened to I yet? Or do you, find anything do you yet. need me to, to vamp? Keep vamping. Uh, right, let's go to another song, I suppose. Uh, Winter Coats by a band called Single Mothers. It's an. It starts as a sort of ambient, floaty, mysterious electric guitar thing. It's very slightly echoey. Um, I think the way I wanted to describe it was it feels like you're running from something alone in the dark in the forest in the snow is the sort of feel I had, is it's just, like, kind of mysterious and a little bit... Like, it brings in this drum beat that's, like, all, almost, like, ominous war drums that lo- come in rumbling. Okay. It's just, like... It's all ambient until it's just, like, oh, here's the... Here's the, do, 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 here's the mysterious drum beat. Do, 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 do. Oh. Um, the vocal track to it is very... very raw and shouted when it eventually kicks in. Uh, same for the guitar track. It's very... It's like those bands that you get of, like, you know, 16-year-olds just playing their first instruments who think that it sounds really cool to just, like, crank the distortion up. And it adds a nice frantic tension to it. Like, it's it's the kind of thing that if you put a music critic head head on, they've um, they've probably turned the distortion up higher than they should, but... Yeah, it lent a nice energy to it. I, I enjoyed the track, regardless, so... That sort of nice raw punk sound. Yeah, it's just, like, clearly some people who are like, oh, this sounds really hacking cool. So, yeah, what about you? I listened to a bit of High Contrast. Um, 
there was a period of time shortly after the album The Agony and the Ecstasy came out when a rave I used to go to semi-regularly played about five tracks off the album, so having a bit of a nostalgia on that. Uh, definitely recommend the first notice Silence, uh, which is sort of... It's quite uplifting as a track, but the uh, I, th- I seem to remember the videos a little bit, like, oh, okay... A bit sad and happy. And then there's Emotional Vampire, which is just fucking incredible. Um, it's so uplifting. It's all drum and bass, by the way. It's, it's a, High Contrast is excellent drum and bass. Um, yes, so there you go. Those are my recommendations for those. Want some nice, uplifting, I, powerful, driving drum and bass tracks. I need to listen to those. You, Definitely. What you should do is add them to the Spotify playlist that I don't yes. know if we talked about on here. We haven't, because I only made it after recording last week's episode. In if, fact, I think I'd edited last week's episode, <laughs> but I hadn't um, put the thing up. So. Yeah, Jane's, Jane's been putting together a Spotify playlist that has most of the music that we've talked about on this podcast. If it's music and it can be found on um, Spotify, I've tried to add it. Yeah, how can people find it if they want to it's, check this out? I will reshare it again on Twitter, um, but I did share it in the Discord group, and uh, it's on Spotify. It's called Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It has the same album artwork as this podcast, so it should it's, be easily recognised. How many tracks is it? It's 127 songs. 127 songs. We've talked about a lot of music. Yeah, and I couldn't tell exactly which Levi the Poet tracked on her either, so there's at least one more that should go on there. Oh goodness, huzzah. Well, well, we'll add those on, and that's a good thing, because that means I can go listen to those tracks you just mentioned. Yes. Huzzah! Shall I, have you got any other listens, or...? Not this week, I'm afraid. Oh, that's alright. I will. I've, I think I've got a couple more tracks. I listened to a bunch today, just to be like, <laughs> I've consumed so little media because we've been moving, and uh, I'll listen to things. I can do that while working. Um... So there was a track called Brobo, Brobocop, which <laughs> I, I just giggle at that, that track name, uh, by a band called... <laughs> the band is called Girlfriends, and this is the other one I was talking about that had, like, bright, poppy, bouncy rock guitar, but contrasted with, like, very angry, screechy, distorted vocals. It's... I don't know what it is this week. I was just really enjoying that juxtaposition of like upbeat music and loud shouty vocal. <laughs> yeah, that the the way those were clashing was just like it was working for me this week. Nice. Um and there was a song called Creature by a band called It Looks Sad, which is a song about depression and fighting ex- issues of executive dysfunction. Um sort of crying uh, like a sort of almost crying vocal over grunge guitar about not wanting to be sort of like lost in chaos i thought that like one thing that i thought was really beautiful about the way the song was put together was a lot of the vocals and the lyrics are about this sort of not wanting to like drown and be sort of swallowed up sort of feeling and as this is being sung about the music sort of gets louder and louder in the mix and the vocals get quieter so it sounds like the vocals are almost drowning in the rest of the mix which was just like a very creative use of the way that the mix was done to sort of emphasize the the point of the lyrics which i thought was quite clever sounds like i might need to be in the right headspace for that one definitely there's there's a lot of those uh, yeah not every track is for every day but i i thought that one was quite clever at the time Mm. so 
I think that's everything I've listened to. Mm-hmm. Should we uh should we go back to some skits? Yeah. Why not? Oh, how are you, how, how are you doing today? How are you doing today? Not too bad, are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. I've, 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 I, I, have I told you yet about this uh, this thing I've been doing on my rounds recently? No, no, what are you doing? What are you doing? So, so, I found a way, I found a way to get free parcels without having to steal them. Free parcels? Free parcels, without yeah. Without having to steal Yeah, yeah. What, getting gifts or...? Oh, you know, you know, when you see like an Amazon box and you're like, oh, this has probably got something nice in it. And you, you're looking for a way to get it for, get it for free. But to not steal it from the person, and the person, you know, will will have to concede that you, you know, you are the owner of that that item now. Are you somehow cloning them or hypnotising the owner? No, 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 no. It's, it's far more simple than that. Oh, far right, more simple. Right. So what you do is you open, you knock on the door, be like, I've got, I've got a parcel for you, and you know, and you hand it to him. Yeah. And as you're handing them the parcel, you just start humming a tune. Just oh, it could be anything. Just a bit of music. Just. As you pass in the parcel, and you don't stop making that music. Ah, right. You see what I'm doing. You see what I'm doing. You're, you're adding them a parcel while you're playing. You're, you're having some music. Oh, indeed. And then you sort of give them a nod of, oh, you've got to pass it back because the music's going. It's past, oh, right, the, right, it's yeah. past the parcel. Pass, oh, them rules. Yeah, yeah them yeah, rules. Yeah, you pass yeah. it back and forth, and you just stop humming the music when it's this on you. And there you go, free parcel. Partial parcel rules, you've got to accept it. It's well, usually... I think that is, that is English law, uh, accordingly, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure. So, well, next next time you're on your round, and you hand someone a parcel, you at their door, just start humming and get them to pass it back. Bob's your uncle, free Amazon stuff. Bob is my uncle, yeah. <laughs> we talked about this earlier, Bob <laughs> is your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Broadcasting Company, and today on EBC4, we have a documentary uh, about the podcast mines. Uh, joining me today is one of the podcast miners. Would you like to tell us about yourself? Hello there, I've been working here in these podcast mines for over 30 years. And My father worked in these podcast mines before him, and his father before that used to mine out vinyl. Ooh, and tell tell us a little bit about um your your day to day. What's it like working in the podcast mines? Well, one's got to be very careful. Obviously, make sure you get a good podcast. You don't want one that's gonna fall down. Now, recently we've come down here. We've we've dug out a new tunnel. We found a whole seam of macroite. Oh. It's one of the most sought-after forms of, of po- podcasting gems that there are available. They appear in fucking everything these days. You got oh. a podcast for everything. Oh, I found a little bit of that of that material in my back garden once. I ended up on an episode of Sawbones. Well, that'll do it. Bit of McElroy, that'll do it. No problem. And uh, so, what what would you say are the key uh, c- components that you have to you have to find in the ground for? Um, a podcast if you're not using a uh, metal right. You need a, you know, a certain amount of silliness. Gotta get make sure of that. A bit of bit of silitanium. That's uh, fairly common to find. Then of course you've got uh, informium. Plenty of informium about. A lot of people using real play fivarium. It's specially harvested. <laughs> From uh, we found some some D and D, lot of that, lot of that going around from Siberia. Oh, oh yes, uh, so I one of the things I've always been interested in is um, 
you know, there's 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 a lot of podcasting material under the ground, but um, a lot of it is apparently in the way that you uh, you refine it once you have that raw podcast. Absolutely, absolutely, you gotta make sure it's properly uh, edited and tumbled until you get off all those sharp edges. You can take the most talentless footwits in the world and polish them up nice, and never know what you'll get. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for telling us about the uh, podcast minds. Is, is is there anything exciting on the, uh, the, the 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 horizon for us? Spoilers. Don't do no spoilers down here. Oh, well, that's fantastic. Thank you very much. Lovely to chat to you. So, what have you watched? Ha <laughs> 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 See, this is the things we can do now. We're in, in a room in person. You can watch my watch my mouth move and sneak up on me. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure we've only talked about one thing. We've only talked about. We've we've only watched. We've only watched one thing this week. It's the remix of that sentence. We've only watched. Watched. We've only watched one thing this week that we can talk about, and we can't even say much about that because of spoilers. But <sighs> we, we went and watched Avengers: Infinity War last night. We did as an excuse to get out the house because ugh, unpacking a house. Just to sit down for two and a half hours. Well, sit down and not feel guilty that we weren't pottering around. Yeah, we can't potter around the cinema. Potter, potter. Um. So yeah, spoiler-free thoughts on Avengers: Infinity War. It's more Avengers. It's more Marvel movie. Um, it was an excuse to switch the brain off for a couple it, of hours. It was. Um, <laughs> it was nice to see more of Wakanda. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I had thoughts on that, but I, I think that's probably. I think to be fair to our listeners, I will, I will wait a, a, a week or so before. Say what that was, or I'll just completely forget about it at some point. We can always, like, if you've got burning thoughts you want to talk about, we can always talk about it. It was the thing I said as we were leaving. Yeah. Yes. We'll we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks, maybe, when spoiler territory is left. Yeah, we don't want to spoil it for people. What I will say is, like, I enjoyed this more than a lot of the recent Marvel team-up films. So Mm -hmm. I enjoyed this definitely more than Age of Ultron. I enjoyed this more than Civil War. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I enjoyed this more than the first Avengers. I don't remember the first Avengers. Yeah, it was when Loki showed up. Remember when Loki was still like the biggest threat in Marvel? That was a whole Neil thing. Nazis. Yeah. yeah, it's like Neil and then the guy gets up and he's like, oh, there are always men like you and I won't kneel for you. That scene was quite good in that first Avengers film. Well, I quite bash the fash whenever Indeed. possible. Bash the fash. Um, I think that they did a... <laughs> Considering how ludicrously large the cast is at this point, I think they did a decent job of giving them their own scenes and fleshing out, you know, their yeah. whole deals. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I'd read some pretty scathing reviews where people were going, if you don't know anything about the Marvel comic universe, blah, 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 it's all a bit shit, and nobody really gets time to be properly introduced, which was my problem with Age of Ultron. Yes. We had so many characters and about eight seconds for each of them. Mm, like um, pulling pulling back slightly to Age of Ultron, my biggest issue with that was they tried to introduce a character in like no time at all, and then try and and then kill them off and hope that you would care. Like the whole thing they did with Quicksilver, where it's like we've barely given you a reason to care who Quicksilver is. Oh wait, he's dead now. Care, shed a tear for us. I was like, no. Incestuous relationship with his sister. Uh, <laughs> Thank but, you, Marvel. 
Yeah, like I don't think it was that bad. I don't. I think that they did a decent job of fleshing everyone out in in this one. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this one was uh, better. Maybe it's because I'd seen more, um, more yeah. Marvel films recently. Uh, but yeah, I, I yes, as you say, like of the, of the ones I've seen, uh, I probably enjoyed this probably better than most with the yeah. exception of Black Panther because Black Panther's amazing Black Panther is leagues ahead of so, like all the others at the moment see here's the thing currently my top three Marvel films you've not seen two thirds of so my my current top three are Black Panther which you've seen Ragnarok. but also Thor Ragnarok um, and Spider-Man Homecoming so yeah I, some... I was not ready to watch a Another fucking origin story for Spider-Man. Uh, they, what I will say of this is they do a really good job of jumping in in media res. They don't... Oh, they don't... Like, fuck so, you know in... Um, if I had to watch Uncle so, Ben got shot yeah, on No, the they, they don't worry about that. So yeah. you saw Civil War, was it? That uh, um, yeah. he pops up briefly in Civil yes. War. Yeah, no, that's his whole origin story is... Hey, Tony Stark heard about this kid who's really smart and a thing. Here's a super suit, come fight in the war. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming just starts with Tony Stark with Spider-Man being like, okay, so you got the suit. We did Civil War. Okay, go go look after your neighbourhood. There you go. And oh, you just friendly jump... neighbourhood Spider-Man. Yeah, friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man. You just jump in in media res yeah. to him being Spider-Man. They don't do the great power, great oh, responsibility. That. And that's, that's what I really like about it. They don't feel the need to tell us that origin story for the yeah. fourth or fifth time this decade. Like, I... I think that's the other problem. Spider-Man has been rebooted so many times in my lifetime that it's, I'm done with that shit now. Yeah, that's totally fair. So don't worry about that. They don't do... They just jump into telling a story. And it it's a better story than I expected. It's oh. much better than either of the previous incarnations. I, I enjoyed Spider-Man in this, and I'm not yeah. a huge Spider-Man fan. If, if you enjoyed him in this, you should watch Homecoming. Oh. It's good. But, um... Yeah, as someone who's not seen, like, Thor Ragnarok or Spider-Man, did you feel that you could relatively, like, just be like, okay, I, I can work out roughly what's going on with these characters? I, I live on the internet, yeah. so I, I know what roughly what happens in Thor Ragnarok, so... That's that's fair. It's like, okay, th- th- Thor, Thor... Asgard, bollocks. Yeah, <laughs> Thor and, and the Hulk are together. Asgard's a bit wrecked. Okay. Uh, Loki's around. I, I, I didn't get that from their relationship. I'm very happy for them. <laughs> Now there's a film I would watch. <laughs> what, just Thor and Hulk dating? Yeah, like I'd, really sweet together. I'd watch that. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that maybe that's why that Hulk is 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 the way he is in this film. It's like <laughs> one Thor, one Thor. <laughs> so yeah, like for all the problem for all the problems, I I enjoyed this film. I thought that they did a decent job with their villain of like. Uh, yeah, he's going about it totally the wrong way, but I, I see his I see what he's going for, and like it it was more of a ration, not rational necessarily, but it was more of a well explained motivation than most of the big villains have had in Marvel. Yeah, and I think like despite being massively oh god, that sounds like such a horrible liberal, um, despite being like massively wrong headed, like. The fact that he had a particular goal that was that that has a a logic behind it. Yeah, he made he, him like a better enemy than just going ah fuck everything. Yeah, I want he, to destroy he, everything. He which didn't. Is yeah, what you get. he didn't just want to destroy and 
destroy and be in, in control of everything. It was just like, I, for, for better or worse, think that this will benefit people as a whole. That his thinking is, I think I know a way to solve a problem I see. And it's like, okay, that, that makes you a better villain than most, because like I can at least see how he thought he was the hero of his story. And that's yeah. that's kind of the mark of a good villain for me, is can I see the version of this where like they see themselves as the hero? Yeah. And it, it, also it's it's better than that. It's it's a sort of lawful evil as opposed to chaotic evil that you've got. Yeah. Lawful evil is like kind of a good way to put it. He's he is kind Yeah, I suppose so. But yeah, any anything else to say on that or shall we no, no, I think that's good. How long have we done so far? I'm not sure. We are scudding through this one. Uh, 25 minutes. Oh, we'll be, we'll be alright, really. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Fancy, Fancy Trick Food Critic Review Show. Yeah. Where we talk about only the fanciest of foods. Very, very fanciest of foods. And, indeed, we talk about the most higher class of foods and we mm. give, give them our, our expert food critic opinions. Mm. Yeah. What, what, what have we got? What, what, what's the topic for today's food food experiences? Well, we're trying a variety of different uh, shaped foods and seeing how that uh, makes them in, improve in many ways. The, the, the texture, of course, the first bite is with the eyes. So visual appeal, very, very important. Indeed. Um, as the as the, the, the not totally vegan, uh, not entirely vegan one here, I'm going to start with some, some, some vegan sh- some, 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 they're not vegan, that was the whole point of what I was saying before, some, some, um, dinosaur chicken nuggets. Mm, yes. Well, well, yes. Well, tell me a little bit, talk me through this, uh, this dinosaur chicken nuggets. Yeah, well, as you can see, the, uh, the breadcrumb coating is made of only the most mediocre of, of breadcrumbs. It mm, really, mm. really gives a sort of Moorish, uh, Addictive quality to it. Indeed, and you've got the sort of highly overprocessed food, uh, the food stuff in the middle that was mm. labelled as chicken. I'm sure there's probably never been anything, any, anything closely resembling a chicken in it. A lot in of connective tissue in there, no yeah. doubt. A lot and, of connective indeed, tissue. Indeed, I'm sure. I'm sure if there were less, uh, less judgment about the uh, the thing, it could be any animal in there, mm. honestly. Mm. Indeed. Um, indeed. But I must say, the the dinosaur shape really does just elevate the flavour profile, because as I'm eating it, I imagine that I am an even bigger dinosaur. Huge, huge, and I feel like big, big scary dinosaur, and that's quite fun, and that makes me enjoy my meal more, and I'm... and that elevates the flavour profile. Indeed, indeed. And I like the way you can sort of hide them behind the, some green beans or some peas. It looks like they're hiding in undergrowth. You can swoop in and, and stalk your, your prey. Oh, indeed. Or you can hide them behind the mashed potatoes and make it look like they're hiding behind a mountain well, before yes, you hunt they... them down with your knife and fork. Aha, I caught them. Yeah, well, if you had another one you can do is put a little dip in the top of your mashed potato mountain. You can have the gravy just erupting out of it like you'd like lava. Oh, the, the, the dinosaurs are caught in there. <laughs> oh, yes, oh, yes. See, here's the thing. This is what I really like about the dinosaur chicken nuggets as a food stuff, is that, yeah. is that really, you can... It, it's, it's entirely up to you. You have the base food stuff, but yeah. the, the list of ways you can customise this meal into your own sort of... 
playful experience is, exactly. is, is integral to the enjoyment of the dish. Exactly. Construct a whole diorama. You know, we'll cook an entire bag of the, the, the dinosaurs. We'll have some, some, uh, some, some green beans to make some sort of foliage. Obviously, we've got the mashed potato mountain there that we borrowed from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And then uh, we have <laughs> another... Uh, I, I'm even suggesting we add uh, these beans to suggest some kind of tarpet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, after the break, we'll be back with another food stuff. We'll be talking about UFO-shaped um, French French fry. <laughs> oh, I was going to go with UFO-shaped French fried circle things. Mm. Potato, mm. Uh, potato circles. Mm. Until next time, this has been the Fancy Eatery Channel, whatever we call it. Oh, Doodle. yeah. Doodaloo. <laughs> Welcome today on the Parenting Channel. I have another parent with me. Would you like to introduce uh, yourself? Hello, my name's Sharon. I'd like to speak to the manager. Sorry, uh, false about it. Um, yeah, I'm very concerned about the new mummies that children are using to communicate with each other. Indeed. Today we are doing an expose on all of those new mummies. Did you call them? I believe they're mummies or mummies. Mummies, mummies. These um, these these things that the children are doing that we just don't quite understand. Yeah. That are um, I, I believe meant to be some kind of humour, but they're not humorous to us because we don't understand them. No, exactly. We, so, we used to call them like fads when I was little, but now they call them mummies. Yeah. So um, can you tell us anything about the uh, the mummies that you've seen uh, the, the the teens getting up to these days? Well, well, they've they've started doing like dramatic readings of captures text, you know, like they'll they'll just start get into like dramatic readings of that. There's oh, YouTube think, videos I, full of them. I think we have a YouTube clip that we can play the audio of now. Identify the buses in each of these images, and then click. I am not a robot. Indeed. Harrowing stuff that we have here. I can't really get what's going on, but I'm very afraid of it. Oh, indeed. Um, there's another meme that we've been uh, getting reports of. Uh, children. Normally, this would be a good thing. Doing their homework. Doing their homework would normally be good. However, they're doing so on their heads for some reason. Can't work it out why. Must be more difficult to write with their pens. They're still getting good grades. They're still studying. Just very concerning. Though. Very yeah. concerning. They're doing things we don't understand, and I don't like things I don't understand. Indeed. That's um, why I uh, like Tory. Uh, well, yeah, I totally understand. Uh, a leading, a leading theory on why they're uh, doing this on the headstands is uh, possibly a belief that. Um, that it makes the blood go to their head. Maybe that's why they believe it. it, it is, Keeps on the knowledge, right? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Perhaps this is it. Perhaps some other reason we can never understand. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we got one, one last Mimi. Um, and this is perhaps the most confusing. So for our generation, when we grew up. Dad jokes, a thing to be groaned at. Absolutely. Indeed. Yeah. You're not a thing to be taken seriously. You sort of begrudgingly sort of see the humour in them. Exactly. These uh, guys have got a fucking jingle. And indeed, they've got a, they've got a jingle. They're, <laughs> they're unironically laughing at dad jokes. This is not, ha ha ha, <laughs> I guess I should laugh. This is an unironic enjoyment of dad jokes. Genuine belly laughs. I don't, don't really uh, get it uh, all. Oh no, it, it's, con- it's concerning because it suggests that there is not as much of a divide between them and us as we thought. And at that point, we have to accept that maybe we and the teenagers are not so different, and that's a terrifying thought. No, they're very different. They're, they're very different. I don't know, fads no more, they've just got these memes. Yeah, memes. Okay. 
Yeah, so uh, if you or anyone you know has been experiencing teens engaging in memes, please report them to us at the number below, and we will continue to investigate this phenomenon, and hopefully together we can stop the menace that is teenagers doing things we don't understand. Now watch me me whip. Now watch me me me. Oh no, you're me me. Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, you're trying to be me. <laughs> So we we've been sort of running through this episode a lot quicker than previous weeks, which means now it's time for audience questions. <laughs> Queer and pleasant questions. Ooh. Yes. So do you need a second to get your questions up? I'll give it a rabbit, and it'll be fine. <laughs> oh yeah, here they come! Here they come! Oh, questions. Um, uh, what's the fairy from episode eight? roughly, uh, the origin of Barry and Larry. Uh, so who's asking this question? This is from Ian Burnham. Uh, I'm trying to remember that skit from episode 8. It what was, was the, the cat calling you played a, a cat caller Oh, I, yes. I made it so that you could only <laughs> speak your sort of personal yeah. issues. Did we not do Barry and Larry before that? Yes, yes, but they're, they're I, think, I think they're asking uh, like, have we sort of is is that character actually Larry? Is that how Larry became woke? Oh, I like... <laughs> okay, I actually hadn't thought about that, but I really like that as an origin story, so I'm going to say yes, that's canon now. Yeah, but... we, we are an RPG that is written with the help of our audience, so yes, there you go. <laughs> that is now canon. Um, that, ep- that skit in episode 8 with the fairy is now the origin of at least one of... The... Is it? Do we reckon it's Barry or Larry's? Origin well, you story. were playing it, so I would guess it would be Larry. Okay, that's Larry's origin story. <laughs> Maybe uh, we'll have to do an entirely different skit that comes up with how Barry came along. <laughs> uh, like, just talking about, like, the origin of Barry and Larry, I think a lot of it just comes down to both of, both of us have, like, had previously in our repertoire just like, oh, but gruff man voice. It was... And... It, Barry and Larry, or as I used to call them, the Gruff Boys, <laughs> um, started off because uh, we were having a conversation about the fact that um, since transitioning, there are silly voices that we don't didn't really feel comfortable doing. Yeah, like because they're not feminine. To to be fair, like there are people in our lives who we've done those voices around because we found them funny, and have honestly just been like. Though that it it makes it made those people feel weird or uncomfortable to see us do those voices, yeah. it was a real shame because we both really enjoyed. It was nice to be them around each other and be free enough to sort of go. Um, well, the other thing is like I did stand up comedy for four and a half years, and like a lot of that was doing silly voices. Uh, when I was doing Stone Monkey Radio, there was a lot of silly voices, but they were all typically coded masculine. Yeah. Because that's the thing is, like, you know, being open about the fact that we're trans, like, a lot of where our vocal ranges lie is lower down, because obviously, like, both of us went through a testosterone puberty first that does a thing to your voice. It does rather. Yeah. So it's it's really nice, because I've not felt comfortable doing masculine-coded or deeper-coded silly voices for a long time, and you're really the first person that sort of got me to... Get get some of the get some of the man voices. Out. We lay in bed for about two and a half hours doing <laughs> this thing where they were 
basic, basically Barry and Larry as they are now, but like we weren't talking about social issues. We were talking about things that like we found it funny to have that voice say, where it was like things you wouldn't expect to hear out of that voice. Yeah, it's like um, I think they ended up both being like really sensitive. They both liked cooking. Um, they were, um... Oh, they really enjoyed, like, oh, let's go play with some Lego. Oh, it's yeah, not proper, with it, Lego. Oh, it's yeah, proper, yeah. proper hardcore night playing yeah, with some yeah, Lego. Yeah, 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 You know, and, and uh, people might say that that's not particularly masculine. Well, you know, uh, I am, I'm building my manly Lego, whether I want to build, you know, uh, a tiny castle, or if I want to build, like, a... Uh, uh, some horses and uh, maybe a little stable. Oh, exactly. Well, we Nothing have that. Oh, exactly. Well, we have some 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 lemonade with a nice twirly straw in it. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I think oh, that's I was baking recently as well. <laughs> Up here, you know, like, yeah. made, made some cookies, made some lovely little fairy cakes, a little little sparkle <laughs> on them. Yeah, and it, it was sort of that like <laughs> fucking with the concert. I think we was. I think it was mostly about. Juxtaposition, Juxtaposition of, of toxic masculinity, really. Yeah, like, it, it was things that you wouldn't expect because of toxic masculinity with exactly. this, like, overly masculine-coded voice. And then it became social justice issues. Yeah, because we, we did it a lot, like, between each other. And I think that's where we sort of started going, hey, maybe we should do a podcast. Oh, yeah, it was, it was that and, like, the other one that we've not used huge for the podcast. Oh, because, yes. Oh, yes, yes. Oh. The, the sherry ladies, as well, we refer to them. Rather sherry. Yes, the sherry. See, that's one that, like, we've not thought of a recurring skit to do with them that works like the, the brochure justice ones, but, like, no, that no. that was the other voice that we just, like, routinely slip into. We do in, still slip into oh, very often now. Indeed. Day-to-day life. Yes. 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 really just involves, you know, more sherry. Getting progressively more drunk. Yeah. Occasionally, I think if we find something that's sort of slightly uh, a, a skit that requires sort of high cast, posh characters, oh, they yeah. will end up being those people. I, I'm going to say that's still my favourite of our repertoire of voices. Is oh, I just enjoy the Jerry voice. Yes. Um, I think uh, probably, and and I, uh, there is somewhere in here another question entirely related. Let me get on to it. Uh, I can't remember who asked it. Hang on a second. Um, I can't read my own writing. Uh, Calvary Goodell asks what your favourite voices are to use. Well, oh. it's, uh, there we go. Again. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This is one. Yeah, th- those are my two favourite. Uh, mine are. Probably Mandy Wise, who I've been doing for years. She's <laughs> like, you know, okay, so uh, I don't know where the voice originally came from, but um, about a week before I came out, I decided to dress up in all of my pink neon that I owned from raving, and I danced around my living room doing Mandy Wise stomp size. It's like an exercise video, no? <laughs> and then um, that video does not exist anymore. I have deleted it. Um, but yeah, that was about a week, a week before I came out, and I was like, yeah, you know, uh, I like the, I built the sort of backstory behind her that she's like an army brat, which is why she has this ridiculous all over Europe accent, that she's moved around quite a lot, and she's sort of picked up bits of accents, and she's done far too many drugs, and... <laughs> my my favourite of your voices, um, that we haven't mentioned yet, is the, uh, the sort of fast food worker one that you saw. Uh, oh, Chris. Uh, Chris. Chris from Polyamory. Yeah. Hello, how can I help you today? 
Yeah, they're just sort of like slightly cracking, like my voice is just breaking voice. That's beautiful. It's um, I can't remember which character it is it. I it's sort of based on that character from The Simpsons. Of sir, it happened again. <laughs> oh, I know who you mean. Um, yeah, that sort of fast food general An- anxious teenager, voice. anxious teenager in low paid job voice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I really like Mandy Wise, and the other one I like really like is Mr. Scooby. Oh yes, Mr. Scooby. Mr. Scooby came from uh, when I was working in a model shop years ago. Um, got this random phone call one day, and uh, this um, sort of very very strange character. So I went, "Hello, is that the model shop?" Uh, yes. How can I help? Uh, I'd like to, to see about getting a model. Have you got the... I'll give you the code. It's CC1670. <laughs> I was like, oh, and that'll be the uh, Messerschmitt in one thirty second scale or something. Aye, that's what they told me. <laughs> it's like, what, who told you? What's some kind of wise sage? Who, what, 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 what's going on? They. They, that's what they told me. <laughs> and can I take your name? Aye, it's... Gooby! <laughs> and there was just something so magical about that that I absolutely adored. And, um, I don't know, maybe people, maybe actually Scottish people will probably think I'm taking the piss, but there's just something so beautiful about so- it. And the, and the mystique of where did you get any of the information he was throwing at me? See, that's the thing that gets, like, it's not that voice itself, it's the mythos of, aye, that's what they told me. that's what they told me. That's the bit that, like, makes that voice for me, is every time you start that voice in my head, I hear, aye, that's what they told me. He did it about four times during that call. Uh, so what's next on the question list? Uh, what is next? Um, Amy Ramshaw asks, what are you drinking? Uh... I'm not drinking anything right now, but we had a Pims we before had a we Pims. We had a Pims. We had a Pims while we had dinner. We had a nice sort of, um, what was that? What, what did you call that spicy thing with the with the, with the sort of uh, peanut in it? Sort uh, of a pad thie. Sort of a pad thie. Sort of a pad thie. Sort of a satay vegetable. Like a satay, a sweet chilli, vegetable thing with some sweet, soy. Sweet chilli and, but and, and we had a, We had a Pims while we, while we had that. <laughs> what are you drinking now while we're recording? I'm drinking Cherry Pepsi Max. Oh, nice. Because I'm a savage. <laughs> Uh, what's next on the questions? That lovely Rob. Oh, you know, Rob. our friend Rob. Oh, Rob Dumpy. Yeah. Um, what's you know what our ideal dinner is when chilling out? Mm, something that doesn't require too much work to cook. Like, we, we do a lot of, like, here is a carb base, like a pasta or a rice or something, a sauce, throw in some vegetables, sort of done. What about, Have you got any, like, that's a good sort of chilling meal? Uh, I love pizza. Oh, pizza's good. What's what's on your ideal pizza? My ideal pizza. Um, if I've got time and energy, I would probably say sweet corn, sliced red peppers, <clears throat> um, maybe some soy chunks that I've done like a, a barbecue marinade for. Oh, nice. Um, and then I would do like a, a a garlic over the base, then the tomato sauce, <clears throat> and then um. Like uh, lots of uh, either uh, via life cheese, like via life pizza cheese, or um, the uh, same as uh, cheddar, uh, not not cheese. Gary, in fact, yeah. um, with uh, obviously pineapple because I love pineapple. I can't do pineapple on pizza yet, but I can have it by itself now. I'm getting there. And then 
drizzle the whole thing with sriracha sauce and a little bit of oregano. I, if I was going perfect dinner, um, so um, for some reason I'm just picturing like the, this answer would vary depending on when you you ask me. But a nice, I'm picturing a nice carrot soup Ooh. and a, a loaf of homemade bread Ooh. and just like several, like enough slices that like I never have to use a spoon for this bowl of, of carrot soup. <laughs> that the whole thing is just soak some, some bread in the soup, eat the soupy bread, just lots and lots of warm ho- homemade sliced bread dunked into some really nice carrot soup. So just cut uh, uh, like the the end crust off a, a whole farmhouse bloomer and then just pour some slightly not buttery. I suppose you don't take butter, so... I don't tend to do butter, Just pour carrot soup into it until it's all soaked in and then just bite through the whole Pretty thing. much is... <laughs> that would work for you. Yeah, that probably worked for me. <laughs> I, I'm one of those people where, like, if I'm having soup, I want to have so much bread to soak in it because, like, that's... Get me out of the carbs. Yeah. All of the carbs. But yeah, and uh, like a nice carrot soup and a bunch of bread. It's like a really nice, like, just lazy, quiet evening in food. Oh. Uh, what other questions have we got? Um, Kia Anderson wants to know how we met. How did we meet? Do you want to tell us? Uh, originally, um, uh, I had Astrid Johnson over, and she was, uh, because I live closer to London, Bournemouth, and she wanted to wanted me to go to to Comic Con. I was like, "You go to Comic Con. You've got you're, you're doing press thing for um, Jaffa Meister at the time. I think probably now it would be more Indie Haven style. Yeah. But um, she was like, "Come, come, come to uh, MCM. You'll meet Laura." I was like, "Oh, um, well, you know, a lot, lot of people, big crowd, probably not my thing. Probably wouldn't be okay with that. Come, come, come to, come, come, come to MCM. <laughs> Laura's going to be there, and she'll kiss you." I was like, mm. "So I'm going to put this out there. Astrid had not like cleared that with me. There was an offer made that like that we would kiss if you came to MCM. I knew nothing about this. Like this was not." I, I was dating someone at the time. It, I, at the time, I was in a monogamous thing. That was not a thing that had been cleared with anyone. I, I expected nothing, but it was going to be nice to meet you anyway. So Yeah, because we talked a bit in like some of the, the Facebook fan group we places. We were, we were sort of gym quisitioning at the time. Yeah, like we'd, we'd met in the gym, the gym pod, pod quisitioning focused groups. and in One of those groups, yeah. Indeed, and we sort of talked a bit, and that, that yeah. was the first time we really met. Well, yeah, we'd, ha- we'd had sort of nice chats before so you sort of knew who I was amongst all the screaming fans um (laughs) yeah so yeah and then we we got we got talking in like online a lot more after that and then we hung out one new year's eve and uh had a very lovely banging, New Year's Eve. Eve with some with some lovely people. So. Yeah, and everything just kind of went from there. Spiraled out of control from there. Indeed, and like oh, it's, it's a while later now, and we're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty darn good. pretty darn good. Uh, have we got any more questions? Yeah, I also want to know what our favorite, uh, least favorite game is, as Ooh. in poorly made, as a, as opposed to just think something like Bad Rats, which is just objectively bad. Wait, so what's the question again? What is our least favourite game, i.e. poorly made game? Huh. Have you got an answer for this? No. It's going to take me a second. Least least favourite game. Um, if we're going to talk poorly made, I would say maybe Deadly Premonition. And the reason that's my least favourite is because it looked really good 
and Jim yeah. had said great things about it being very Twin Peaksy. And I sat for about three and a half hours repeatedly blue screening my PC, trying to make the damn thing work. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, before giving up. Uh, so, well done, Steam, for having things on your service that don't fucking work. Oh, that's a shame. So, I'm trying to think of some. I'm trying to think of some good answers to this, and my brain is, my brain is is failing me tonight. Um, there have been games that like feel like they should be like totally my jam and just haven't clicked. I feel like the Dragon Age games. Uh, I'm I'm not saying they're the worst games, but are they a bit broken? It's not even that they're a bit broken. It's just that I love Bioware RPGs. Mm-hmm. And by all accounts, I should love the Dragon Age games. And there's just something about them that has never clicked for me. And I never really love them. And I don't know what it is about them. But every time I go in really excited, like, this will be the Dragon Age that will click for. And it just never happens. And I always get a bit disappointed because oh. of that. Yeah, I've only really tried one Dragon Age, uh, one uh, uh, Bioware uh, RPG. So. Which one? Um, was that um, Bioshock was one of those, wasn't it? Ah, uh, no, that was some other company. I'm thinking of Bethesda, and that wasn't them either. No, thinking about about how um, I was actually thinking about Fallout Three, but that's Bethesda. It's the other B. Uh, Bioware made. Yeah, Bioware made Mass Effect. I haven't played any of those. No, Mass Effect. I still maintain yeah, that, fun. like. I'm a big fan of the first three Mass Effect games. I really want to go back and replay them at some point. Did you not like the Andromeda? No, no. Andromeda... The first three games were very much focused on we're going to very slowly build up this cast of characters in space that you will grow to love and all that sort of thing. Andromeda tried to drop you into the middle of a group of people and be like, oh, you already remember them from before your journey started and you care a lot about them. Ah. Yeah. Whereas, like, like, a little bit. Like, what worked about the original trilogy is that it very slowly introduced you to these people and gave you choices of which ones to stick with so that you would care about them by the time that, like, you had to make choices. Mm. It worked a lot better. Um, Do we have any other questions? Uh, What was your first exposure to trans people? Oh, hmm. So... My first thing I remember of being aware that trans people were a thing is not a positive one. First memory I have is, um, I'm pretty sure, is uh, Ace Ventura. And the, the, for people who don't remember that film terribly well, the whole crux of the end point of that film is character that Ace Ventura is sexually attracted to turns out to be trans. And disgust, horror, hilarity slapstick ensues because, ah, oh, he, he was attracted to her but she had a penis. Bears scrub the mouth out and shower and scrub and never be clean and burn all his clothes. Isn't that a funny punchline? And then he forcibly strips her without her consent in front of a bunch of people to expose her penis so that the all the police officers looking can then be horrified and that's, like, the crux of solving the crime. It, it was not a positive one. It was my, like, oh, trans people are a point of ridicule, don't ever think about that thing. Do you remember your first time being aware of trans people? Um, it was Terry Wogan's interview with Lauren Harris. Uh... <laughs> um, well, yes. Um... Mm. Oh, we're really going for it. Um, so, my 
proper first encounter, I suppose, outside of that would have been Rocky Horror. I'm oh, not sure if you really count yeah. that. I, I, I would count that, I think. Um, there is a certain level of... Um, uh, I'm not even sure how you describe it. I've heard some people describe it as gender-fucked. Like, yeah. It's, it just doesn't really matter in, in what way you would describe it, but it's it's not quote-unquote the norm. Not, certainly yeah. not what one would it's... expect from the time that that film was originally made and in, indeed the, the stage show. Yeah. But because my parents had no interest in me as a child or a, any of the stuff I was getting involved in, they uh, regularly went to go and see the live show um, oh. when it was on. My dad would always dress as a, a, an unconventional conventionalist. Yes. And my mother would wear progressively less clothes every time she went. I think for a lot of people that was like a big thing of like, it was the socially acceptable outlet for gender variance. Yes, and, and Wimbledon goes very heavily into that. That was our nearest theatre. Um... And I just remember, sort of, it was a thing that they always got into. I like the fact that they spent ages on their costumes, and they yeah. always looked absolutely fantastic. My dad had this, um, uh, like, a sequined waistcoat. All the oh, front was gold, gold for sequined waistcoat, which you'd wear with like a, a, a like tie and smart trousers and, and trainers and a couple of party hats. <laughs> um, I always thought it was quite a cool outfit. My mum sort of. Um, has been as sort of varying incarnations of uh, characters from the floor show at the end as um, Janet in the lab coat and underwear, yeah. things like that. So I'd sort mm. of got used to that sort of thing. And they recorded I, in 1984, <laughs> um, Channel 4 showed Rocky Horror Show, or yeah. Rocky Horror Picture Show, and they recorded it that Christmas. And yeah. I apparently, it was my... Sort of most kids these days probably watch Harry Potter on repeat, and I watched that video pretty much on repeat Aww. from the age of about four. Uh, well, I suppose five by the time Christmas had rolled around. Uh, from age five to about uh, mid twenties, certainly, and um, that was my only exposure. And I think I... part of that being my only exposure is why, when the first time I tried to come out as trans to my mum, I said I think I'm a transvestite because that that's really the only like, word yeah. I picked up yeah that sweet transvestite is like looking back it's weird in it's like conflicting use of language that song it doesn't yes. quite know what it wants to be talking about well that, that whole film and indeed Richard O'Brien themselves yeah. is very oh no yeah Richard O'Brien is like huge transverb and also and claims to be trans yeah it's weird Everything's very complicated there. People within the community yeah. fighting at other sides of the community. I, I will say, in that vein, I hadn't really thought about it in this context, but like probably my first encounter with like gender variation um, in a thing. And from a very young age, I was in pantomime, um, a whole family deal. And my stepdad, pretty much every year growing up, would play the characters in the pantomime would basically play either the dame or whatever overly effeminate gay stereotype character was in the script that year, which the punchline of those characters was always, isn't it hilarious that this person who is clearly assigned male at birth is acting in a feminine way? Isn't that ridiculous? Well, I imagine that became very hard to come out to. Uh, yeah. So the... It was weird and conflicted because once a year I saw my stepdad like 
usually in lots of dresses, but it was always as a ha ha ha, isn't this hilarious in, isn't this fun to laugh at? Mm. Which kind of, again, same as like the sort of Ace Ventura type thing, very much solidified to me like, it's not a positive thing. You know, it's a point of ridicule if someone assigned male at birth presents or demonstrates any kind of femininity, and that's the thing of ridicule. Um, I do remember first positive trans thought, though. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like that's a good turning point to do. <laughs> so, like, I very vividly remember this. So, um, I had a friend called Jess uh, when I was in sixth form. Uh, oh. First year of sixth form. And at this point, like... I was, like, clearly dealing with the fact that, like, I was trans, didn't want to admit that to myself. That was clearly a whole thing that was going on. There was a lot of me being like, oh, wouldn't it be silly and such a funny joke for me to present as female or feminine? And, oh, wouldn't that be silly? Oh, we should do that. It'd be so silly. And my friend Jess had sort of cottoned on to this. Um, I wasn't yet ready to be like, I am trans, but she was... (laughs) She was very much she like... She clocked you, she, she clocked me before I clocked myself. She was like, yeah, you make a lot of this these kind of jokes. And she sent me a link to an anime called Wandering Sun, which it has its problems, but it's basically like quite a heartfelt, intentioned, maybe 12 episode anime slice of life thing yeah. about a pair of trans kids. And yeah, it's one trans man kid and one trans girl kid basically, like, finding solace in each other and trying to go through some of the struggles of, like, hey, this is how I feel and how do I deal with that? Mm. And it was the first time we'd really seen trans people presented as, like, sympathetic or that, like, transition would be a beneficial thing or that there are other people who feel that way and that, like, you know... There is a there is something that might help you feel better, and I watched through all twelve episodes of that in one sitting, stared at a wall and cried for about five hours, and then came out to someone, and when and spoke to Jess a little while afterwards and was like, "Thank you for uh, recommending that to me," and she was very much like, "Thought you thought thought you might benefit from watching that." Yeah. I need to go back and rewatch that at some point. We should watch that together. We give something I, to talk about. I think we should. Um, I need to watch it with you because I think if I watch it alone, I will cry because I I probably have you a lot of me. I probably have a lot of tied up feelings of like, oh, this is the thing that launched me into being little baby trans. <laughs> uh, I think if I had had to think about my first positive trans representation, that would probably be. Um, when I was drinking in Sutton quite a lot, I mm. had sort of one friend that I worked with that had introduced me to their friend a group of super alcoholic and, <laughs> and awesome friends. They were always in the same spot in the same pub pretty much every night, at least three nights a week. Um, so I'd kind of got used to that. Um, and they had this this friend uh, uh, who I, I'd seen a couple of times and I always thought they looked cool as fuck. Um because they had awesome hoodies. And then um, uh, one night I'd sort of got there early and this person who uh, didn't know me terribly well and um, clearly didn't know that I hung out with this group semi-regularly went just running round this whole 
beer garden section just going, so-and-so's coming, just so you know, just so I'm warning you, she's oh. trans, oh. Uh, used to be a man, still has a penis, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, holy fuck, you uh. can't say that shit about people. Yeah. Well, you know, I need to make sure everyone's okay, because it would be very rude if anyone said anything to her. What you're doing is very bad. Um, and, and she's fucking awesome. Um, she was learning to code in Japanese so she could oh. move to Japan. Oh, um, heck. She spoke about three languages, was super, super nerdy, and had um, this great hoodie with bunny ears on it. Oh, heck. Yay. That's cool as fuck. That's a really nice story. Yes. Do we have any other questions? We do. Um... Do, 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 do. Which video game would you like to appear in? Asks Nadia Castle. A uh, video game I would like to appear in. I'm trying to think of one where there's very little conflict, so that like <laughs> I'll, I'll stay safe. You don't um, fancy joining the Legend of Zelda and having heroes smashing your pots? Um, I can. T- can I turn up in the Legend of Zelda if I turn up in one of those? If I'm one of those indestructible NPCs that you can swing <laughs> your sword at, but you physically cannot hurt them, can I be one of those NPCs in a Zelda game? You'll have to wear a bunny hood. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> can I? Can I? Li- Oh, there's that house at the top of that like big hill thing outside of that town in Breath of the Wild. Um, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll live up there. That seems like a good house. You probably get, yeah. get a good view from there. I get some very nice views over the hills from there. What about um, what about you? What what game do you want to go live in? Would it be stereotypical of me to say Day of the Tentacle? Hee hee hee. green. Tee hee hee. Um, I don't know. Uh. The Dizzy Games, probably, from the Commodore 64. Oh, I yeah. They were very sweet. The Yoke folk seemed like nice people. The Wizard Zacks, obviously, causing problems here and there, but Dizzy seems pretty capable of sorting that out, as long as he doesn't get boiled or, or pointed, <laughs> pointy things. Um, yeah, something with something with tentacles, I think. Probably, <laughs> probably really suit me. Uh, do we have a last question on here? Uh, Hayley's comments asked, what are our favourite vegan foods slash recipes? Oh, I've been learning about vegan junk food recently. Like That, <laughs> that has been my like journey this last few months. It's like, what 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 lazy junk food can I eat? Skittles are vegan and that's great. Knickknacks. Knickknacks. Oh, nice and spicy knickknacks. Um, cinnamon rolls. Oh, cinnamon rolls, pan of chocolate. Oh, Pana Chocolat. I'm very much a fan of that Facebook group, What Fat Vegans Eat. It's it's opened my eyes to like, oh, it's not all just rabbit food. Uh, my dear friend Nikki taught me the recipe um, for uh, vegan brownies. They, they, I think they were originally marketed as like A-free brownies. And they are fucking awesome. I need to make them for you. I have most of the ingredients, so I'll probably whack that together in the you, next few days. You recently put together a list of vegan recipes. I did. You can find it on stonemonkeyradio.blog. Stonemonkeyradio.blog. Be my tits. <laughs> I'm wearing a Stone Monkey Radio t-shirt. Yes, so that is a good recommend for like re- good vegan recipes. There you go, there's some in there. Um, and my peanut butter heroin recipe, which is... Oh. Just crazy peanut butter cookies. They are so good. They're very good. Yeah. Um, they vanish. <laughs> I wonder where I they go. Don't know where they go. Oh goodness. I think I think that's the the big ones that I can think of. Mm. Yeah. Curry, obviously, because oh yeah, a lot of curries. We we make a lot of curries. A lot of spice. A lot of like here is the spice rack, like thrown into a pan mm. with some veg. So good. 
So good. Oh, I want to see more of. What do you want to see more of? Russia, justice warrior. <laughs> oh, you doing today, Barry? I'm pretty, I'm pretty good, Larry. You, you doing all right? Oh, I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, I, I was, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing all right, but I'm, yeah. I've been better because. I saw some some uh, stuff going on in the media this week that yeah, I was yeah. not happy with. No, 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 no. So you know, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of. Uh, I'm just gonna say, it, not the biggest fan of Trump. No, and no, uh, quite yeah, most right people thinking people are exactly. But like, I'm I'm very I'm always very critical of his uh, his his policies and whatnot. But well, yeah. I saw some behaviour that I thought was not particularly becoming this week. Yeah, uh, yeah, awesome. You know, you see this a little bit, a little bit. I saw some people trying to, who, who don't like his policies yeah. making fun of him for his appearance, not yeah. for his policies. And, Ugh. you know, he, he got me thinking about this whole thing of like, you might not like a person, but what you're doing there is still, you know, it's still a bad thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the other thing is, uh, like, people, people say, say it out, uh, a lot of people for, for various things about their looks, uh, I think they don't really consider about how it affects the people around them. Like, um, you know, I've heard people say, oh, uh, for example, like, Trump's fat. Well, maybe he is overweight, but, like, that isn't what makes him a bad person. It's- if if you are like you know saying that that is the th- the point of ridicule about him, you are suggesting that being fat is worse than his policies. Is sort of the implication, exactly. and like you know, we shouldn't be suggesting that being fat is you know a point of ridicule in the first place. Let, let alone saying it's worse than the bad things he actively does. You know that, and what you're hurting people around you. Yeah. You know, you might th- you, I, I've heard people say before like. Oh well, I would only call that person that thing because I don't like them. I would never call you. Yeah, that. but it, that just reinforces that if you're going to do that, you must already on some level think that that thing is an insult. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, I, I would have thought that's how I would see it anyway. Because yeah. like, here's the thing. I always see this one with Trump. I see people who make jokes about like, oh, him and Putin, him and Putin, oh, they're, oh, they're gay together, oh, here's a Photoshop of a moulding hands, isn't that funny? And, you know, it's not super funny, it's not really funny for people who are gay, who have to look at that and go, so would, it, would it matter if they were gay together? You know, his policies are shitty, you know, criticises shitty policies. Exactly. Don't, laugh at him because it wouldn't it be funny and hilarious if he was gay exactly you know there's you know there's nothing is is that's not that's not the funny thing well it might even not be a funny thing is is kind of the thing is if you you know you, you can make a joke of trump without making the joke about the size of his hands the size of his penis the quality of his hair the colour of and his skin. Again, this is not to suggest that, like, that this is not us defending Trump. It's Absolutely just saying. No. He's like, an awful human being. He's an awful human being, and like, I would say these, you know, I, I would. I'm not, I'm not saying we shouldn't say these things to not hurt his feelings, but anyone around you who fits into those categories gets hurt in the crossfire when you make these ad hominem attacks. Exactly, exactly. And then that's just not good enough, you know. If especially if you you know you're fighting someone like Trump, I think you need to take a higher ground wherever possible. 
And that's the, that's the other problem, you know. It will very often get like that's the sort of thing that pops up out of the alt right, and we we don't need those kind of attacks, you know. We we can do better. Oh, indeed. Like there was there was some talk of this at the White House Correspondents' Dinner the other night, where uh, the comedian that was uh, was there was making some. Well, I believe was making some some jokes about the appearance of Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and again, it's one of those. There are plenty of things about her behaviour that you can criticise. You don't have to go for her appearance because that's you know it's not. Yeah. Uh, that's it. I, I I think that's Moran done. It's just it's no. annoying seeing like people who've done nothing wrong getting thrown under the bus so that you can get like a hit in on someone who you know there are actual things about them you criticise. It's the same with, um, you know, uh, kink shaming as well. You get get people go, oh, I hear they're in, a, you know, whatever spanking or something, and then they'll think, that, oh yeah, you, you, you're this, that, or the other because they, you know, that I've heard or it has been alleged that you're in this, that, or the other kink. But you know, you might be hurting somebody around you who is very perhaps more private about their uh, their interests and fetishes and whatever else, and you're just taking the piss out of them. Well, you get this with the uh, the Trump uh, alleged uh, Russian P tape thing, where like yeah. all these people who'd normally be like, you know, let, live and let live, you're not hurting anyone, what not, will suddenly be like, oh, wouldn't it be great if that tape existed? Because then that's proof, and oh, we'll get rid of Trump from from office. It's like no, that shouldn't be what you're getting Trump off office. You should be getting him out of office because he's an unethical bastard. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I reckon that's we've got that topic covered, I reckon. I think we, we, we've covered enough for this week. Is it almost as if our thoughts were serialised for the purpose of some kind of podcast? <laughs> almost like it. Almost like oh, that. Not oh, quite. I'll see you later. It's been good chatting. See, yes, we love to chat to you. Yeah. Well, with the questions out the way for now, I've really enjoyed doing these questions. I mean, good questions. I think we should we should do this more regularly. I think we should. I think uh, we've we we got some questions that were really good that we haven't done this week. Mm-hmm. Should we answer them next week? Yeah. Maybe in place of in place of bras, because we don't have any more bra jokes in us. We I don't, don't have think. any more bras. I mean, there's there's there's. Uh, we have burnt all our bra- actually. Oh, we have we... burnt all of our bras. But do... um, do you you know you know that. If there was a bra that I wasn't going to to burn, it'd probably be you know that that um, lacy one that's really comfortable. Oh um, yeah, it looks really pretty and is also really really comfortable. It's nice bra. <laughs> um. <laughs> so now now that we've heard about your nice bra, nice bra, nice bra, nice bra. Now that we've heard about your nice bra. Uh, I've I've got all this like really small like cylindrical carbohydrates that I've been I've been meaning to cook. Yeah, rice bra. Rice bra. Well, you know, uh, you know what would go really well with that rice. Um, I have um some sort of spicy veg that I put together with a bit of um coconut milk. I really really uh, really season that really well. It's spice bra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, I've had this really itchy head recently. Yeah. I don't know what to do about it. I keep scratching my head. Um, mm, sounds like lice bra. Lice bra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what. I, I recently got a new um, new Android phone. Check out my device bra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's this cake and it's like a huge circle. I only want a small section yeah. of it. Yeah. I, I need to give it a slice bra. I mean, I'll have a slice bra. <laughs> 
Well, you know, um, Smudge has been uh, avoiding chasing adorable rodents because I think she rather likes mice, brah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've 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 got all this water and I need to put it into some kind of form so that it will oh. chill down my beverage. Yeah, yeah. Well, what were you going for? Ice bra. Nice. Well, I was trying to remember the uh, the German word for white. Uh, it kept slipping my mind, but I think it's Weiss bra. <laughs> uh, oh, I need to sacrifice something on a ritual altar. Yeah. Uh, I need to. I need to do a sacrifice bra. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I need to know the the cost of the ritual water. You know, I need to know the the, the price, brah. <laughs> uh, I I'm, I'm really hoping that I I don't go to the bad afterlife. I go yeah. to the good one. Go the good one. You want to go to paradise, brah? <laughs> <laughs> I there think that'll do. That that's filled this week. That's, for, that's for filled this week. Challenge. We're not going to have any. We've run an out for our things. So we're doing the nice brah week this week. Yeah, and well, we will find an alternative. We will, eventually. It might be questions for a few weeks. That might be the replacement. I'm, I'm happy to leave questions in for ages. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see how we'll see how it goes. We don't want this podcast running to like three hours to record, necessarily. <laughs> I like this podcast. I like it too, but I have to have time for a nap before I record Dice Funk. Like <laughs> Dizvonke. Yeah. Right then, shall we shall we wrap yeah. up then? <laughs> Laura, where can we find you? Where can you find me? Where can we find you? You can find me at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere on the internet. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter. Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. You can also find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 at kotaku.co.uk. <laughs> Jane is mocking me by talking along. Like, I'm not. Mouthing just... along in the sing-songy way that I do my no, no, outro. No, 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 no. I've just heard your outro many times, so I, I can sort of climb <laughs> it along with you. Uh, you can also find me every week on Dice No, you're distracting me doing this. You can find me every week on Dice Funk. It's a real play uh, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast. <laughs> she's got her mouth covered, <laughs> but she's still doing it. She's on it. season 3 and 4. They're both very good. But also go and check out the rest of the series. It's very good. Thank you. Uh, Jane, where can we find you on the internet? I can be found... Oh, tweet me nipples. I can be found at stonemonkeyradio.blog according to this t-shirt. I can also be found as Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube. Um, what's the other thing? There's another thing. I can, I can be found on SoundCloud as Junior as Magna. Oh. And with that, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. I have no idea how we're going to break this episode up because it's been a very weird one to do. Hope you have a good week, and until next time, be a stranger.